This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I'm also here with Jared Davis. We are here to talk about the Iron Ball. Jared, you and I had high hopes coming into this. You know, we were coming in with a lot of momentum, despite even still losing um, the game previous to New Mexico State. We still had that kind of riding that wave, and we hung in there, and we had a chance. I mean, the <laughs> every chance we had, you know, th- there was more chances there than I think anybody ever expected for Auburn. And, you know, we still lost. I'm there's no moral victories here. Um, and I'm not trying to claim any. I'm just saying that we, we hung in there, which is pretty crazy. Um, I know a lot of people are saying this is probably, you know, Hugh Freeze is his worst class, and maybe rightly so, uh, because of just the talent gap. You know, the previous coaches hadn't recruited as highly. So if we can do this with, uh, you know, what what talent we have right now, which obviously showed it could compete against the number eight team in this in the whole country right now it's pretty impressive so jared have you uh recovered because i'm still in the recovery phase from this this game <laughs> time heals all isn't that the saying or something like that <laughs> you know it's it kind of like it you know it's kind of one of those ever i've had people i'd rather get blown out and i'm like you know it really goes back to that would you have rather loved and lost than never have loved at all mm-hmm. um because the loving part was like it was right there. We had it. Yeah. Um, and then we lost it. Would you have rather had that than to have gotten blown out? Um, I think in the moment it's easy to say, man, I would have rather gotten blown out. But when you look back at it, like you're building a foundation and you're trying to impress recruits and the fans, the environment was amazing. You're like, no, nah, I think I think the way it went down, in my opinion, is, is still a better way than losing 40 to 7. Um, yeah. I, I, I've not gotten over that play. Um, neither, neither is better getting blown out of that, but I think you still got to take that. Cause I mean, we showed, we showed fight, man. I mean, like we were the, I, I didn't text it dear, to anybody during the game, but I, like there was a very long period where you're, where I was thinking we, we've basically only really given up a busted coverage touchdown. We had, we went through almost two quarters of essentially shutting them down. Yeah. Um, and that, they were, that's pretty pretty crazy considering Jalen Milrow wants that Heisman though. So I don't know about that. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's good. He's good. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. um, and he and he may. I mean, Jaden Daniels last year was good. He became great this year. So I mean, you know, he may become great. But uh, very good. He, he kept drives alive. He was the difference maker. Um, and the throw at the end. I mean, I hate to say it was was a very nice throw. Right. Well, I mean, I I keep coming back to that. Like, it had to be a perfectly thrown ball. Yes. Like, our guy was there. It's not like it was just a wide-open pass. Like, he threw it to where only his guy could get it. And he was chunking that ball probably 40, 45 yards. I mean, that's not not easy. Like, so, like, there's some credit that needs to be deserved there and less taken off of guys like DJ James, which DJ James – throughout this whole season even this game had a great game besides that one play and so yeah i just want to say like hey, if you're putting a little pressure on like dj james and even you know coy Moore, like you're thinking about those couple plays which you know that's what's stuck in my mind that's okay 
but don't don't be throwing it on those players because let's be honest, there's way more plays out there that you know could have turned this game around and had us win this game. It's not well, just those two. Yeah, th- this next sentence is not complaining because I would not have wanted them. I don't think they're never going to call that. It's okay. DJ James was on the guy. He got pushed. It, it was yeah. offensive pass interference, but it, it's not even one that I think should probably be called because there's a lot of hand going back. But I don't need DJ James couldn't have done any more. There was probably supposed to be safety help over the top. I mean, when that ball was in the air a long time, you would you would hope someone else would also come over to help on that. Mm-hmm. Um, with that many safeties, but yeah, I mean, I I look back. I mean, I I did text this to a buddy when we had to settle for a field goal. I was like, man, that feels like that's going to come back to bite us because we were driving. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think the game plan was great, but bringing in Robbie, and I think we still got a first down after it, but it just changed the cadence. When he comes in, yeah, we lose five yards, and I'm like, why? Like, Thorne is literally – he's running like Cam Newton in this game. I mean, he is he barreling was. people over. He's getting – like, I don't understand that. But that drive, we led, we led to a field goal. So mm-hmm. – you're right. It is very easy, and it is frustrating. It happened, but it's easy to point at Coy, easy to point at DJ. If we get a touchdown on that drive, we got a field goal, that's game over. Oh, yeah, that's game. And Alabama's trying to run a two-minute offense down the field, have to score, and that th- then they probably have to kick it onside, you know, something like that. So that's uh, it's just it sucks the way that, that it went down. I will say this, for being in the stands – and there's something about Auburn, even if you're a six and five team coming into this game, that the fans didn't feel it, the players didn't think it. They thought they were better than that, and there was so much energy in the stadium. And and I'll say this: I was just talking to Jared right before this. The the producers, I'm calling it like the general producers of like the screen and the music and the DJ and all that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh, like that was three and a half hours or four hours if you conclude like pregame stuff of some of the best entertainment ever. Like even my sister was like, man, this is the best reality TV show I've seen all year. And I was like, it kind of is like, that's how entertaining it was. Like people were like glued to it. I had so many people texting me throughout this game talking about what is happening. This is a crazy game. And and people I didn't even know were watching the Auburn football game because there were different fans from different you know, universities. But here we are, and that that's you know kind of just showing you, even when it's a team like Auburn that was six and five, we can still bring the energy, and the players fed off that, and you could tell they were in this game. I mean, we should have won it, but here we are. <laughs> and uh, we we gave Alabama a good scare. So at worst we did that, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's um there was a beat writer I I don't remember his name, but he basically went on. He's like I've covered national championship games, SEC games of the century. He's like Auburn with a lead in the fourth quarter is the most intimidating environment in sports. Yeah. And and also real quick, not this isn't about Georgia, but they interviewed. Um, Carson Beck after he played in Tennessee two weeks ago about the environment and he said he said I thought Auburn was louder and then wow. I saw but then I saw a more detailed interview um, and he went into detail about it and he said he had chills on the sideline he said that was the craziest environment he's ever been a part of in, in football wow um, and so um, you know I, 
I think the you're right. The environment's amazing. That's always going to be there because we haven't been good for the last five years, and that environment <laughs> is still that way. And AJ, that environment almost beat Alabama. It almost no. beat Georgia. You never really felt like we were going to beat Georgia, but let's be real. They had to do a game-winning drive with two minutes left. I mean, yeah. And this is with bad teams. <laughs> I know, like, like relatively bad. Like uh, you know, there's not much depth on in a lot of Auburn's positions right now, especially on defense. And it's AJ, like, we completed wow, five passes. We completed five yeah. passes, and we should have beaten Alabama. <laughs> wow. And I think it's nuts? because of the stadium. I mean, I think it's yeah. the player. I mean, if you're listening, y'all did everything. I'm not, but I think the, I think that stadium but, took everybody to another level. But the players played to another level. Yeah. They you took know, them it, to another level. Yeah. It, it's, there's one thing for a you know regular team to come into like a neutral site and have a good day. Right. But when you have a home field advantage and it literally, like I, I, I went, to college in 2010 and then also had the 2013 seasons and obviously those are magical seasons and you can just feel it in the air the players fed off of it it was just something special like i would argue and, and i saw somebody make this comparison they thought that this environment was better than even some of those games and i would agree like the amount of energy and fun environment that it was i i, I mean 2013 was awesome, right? Like, but this game was kind of right up there with it, which is saying a lot. So, um, you you hit on it, the running. So let's let's talk about that. You know, we ran the ball a lot. Um, only passed the ball five times throughout the whole game. Um, Jarquez kind of carried a lot of it, uh, but Jamar, uh, Demari Austin, uh, he he was averaging eight and a half carries. Um, he got ten carries, eighty five yards, got a touchdown. Man, I I was happy to see him because honestly, I think he's probably the future of this running back room. Um, because I, I'm still kind of telling myself it's probably gonna be Jarquez's last uh, time at, as an Auburn Tiger. He's probably going off to the NFL. But hey, Demari played a, one heck of a game, and uh, you know, even both Jarquez and Demari had some really long runs. Um, 56 yards for Damari and Jarquez got a 42 yard run. I mean, like that just doesn't happen against Bama. Like you have to like really believe in it and also set up the play and all of your players know exactly what to do for that to happen against a really good defense. So I'm, I'm really proud of our, of our running attack and what we did because we said, that's what we're going to do. And we executed, we did it really well. So one of the the guys on on three, just the, to give them credit, uh, one of their analyst guys, he did a breakdown and he said that a lot of the runs we were doing for were from our 2013 team. So, um, you know, Hugh and Gus are buddies, right? <laughs> so yeah. I wonder if there was some, you know, you know, connection there of like, hey, this worked, try it again. But also, if you think about it, we ran very well against them last year. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, we just didn't have a defense, but we put up yards and points on them. So it is weird how we're able to run on them. And I, I mean, I, I, I don't think I had zero problems with the game plan. There was not a single moment except for bringing Robbie in where I thought, man, if we would do this different. Yeah, um, I, I really. And that's did. that's pretty cool considering we only put up what? How many points? I forget. I I blocked out the last game, but we we lost got twenty four. Yeah, uh, whatever. Like. 
oh new mexico state that was 10 that i think the game against alabama showed and this should not happen and this is on coaches that showed that um they just didn't show up i mean the, new mexico state is not a better yeah. team than auburn yeah i mean new mexico state i think won by three saturday i don't remember who they were playing they barely won i mean it was fluke scenario we did not show up that's coaching that cannot happen but that's not a sign of uh wow we're not even better than new mexico state yeah um, so one crazy stat somebody pulled out um rushing auburn has rushed the ball you know in the last you know, this was at halftime so it's probably even better than that um but we had 400 499 yards and four touchdowns in the last six uh quarters against alabama so like add on top of that however many we got in the second half rushing and so you're probably looking at like i would kind of ballpark it like 600 yards rushing uh combined against alabama over the last two years like that stat is nuts like just showing you how much success we had in the running game um and i i know like he freeze doesn't want that to be like you know the future of auburn because he wants it to be a little bit more balanced but like <clears throat> hey props to him and <laughs> our offensive coordinator for just saying hey we're gonna we're gonna go to our strengths here and like there wasn't even necessarily like I was thinking about this. Normally in a game like this, you have to do a few things kind of fluky. There's maybe like one or two kind of like we did a wildcat with Jarquez. He did a little pop pass that worked. Um, but besides that, I mean, it was just kind of like a regular offense, right? Like we didn't we have to do up, double passes or yeah. anything like that. I mean, we may end up and we may end up and essentially beat them. I mean, we were. You're right. There was yeah. nothing fluky. Um, you know, the, really, I said there was a play call. The first drive was bad. I did not like. Yeah, I, I, well, and that was wasn't that like pretty much like then Alabama drove down the field and you're just like, oh crap, here we go. This game could get out of hand real quick. Well, let's let's go ahead and go there because that is that is how I'm coping, right? Because I'll be honest with you, after the first ten minutes of the game. I was communicating with friends, and we were like, okay, this is going to be a blowout. Like, this is not mm-hmm. going to be a game. And for Auburn to turn that around and by the fourth quarter not only be a game, but they were in control of the game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Saban, you know, said that holding call that returned. The, but it was a legit holding. So, I mean, you could say that about every – okay, well, if they're not holding the guy, he might have tackled him, you know. Uh, Saban right. said that was the turning point. Um, and I've heard Alabama fans complaining about the other touchdown callback where Milrow was five yards past the line of scrimmage. I'm like, well, if we let people throw it five yards past the line of scrimmage, there's a lot more touchdowns. I mean, like, because <laughs> like he, he had like three of those that game. Yeah, it's like a legit penalty. So I don't understand why we're mad. But, anyways, I think the fact that they were able, they came out flat. Auburn was flat. And yeah, for them to turn it around mid game like that was pretty impressive. It really was like it, and you know what was when it started was Auburn got the ball on their own thirty-two yard line, and we just ran the ball six times. Yep, and it was Jarquez, Jarquez, Demari yep. Austin, Demari Austin, Demari Austin, and it was like touchdown. And you're just like, that's awesome. Like we just said, here we go. We're gonna instead of just punting the ball away, three and out, three and out. We're gonna run the ball, and Auburn did it. Um, so there were there were also another couple I think felt like key plays there where Auburn held um, Alabama to a, a field goal and even you know one time he missed the field goal um, which you know I feel like that's big 
anytime you can do that against Bama, who can score a lot of points, uh, our defense <clears throat> knew what they were, what they had to do, and they, I mean, for the most part, did what they they you know to help us win. <laughs> like, um, and and even you know I'm, you know, the last of the game, you know, you, you give them a short field at like the what the twenty yard line. Alabama is going to score more times than not in that kind of situation. Anyway, Auburn got a couple of good breaks, you know, botched snap. And then the crazy hail Mary to the corner of the end zone. Like Alabama had to have a lot of things go right. And that unfortunately for Auburn happened. <laughs> like somebody, I want to get your opinion on this. Cause I had a friend text me. He was like, well, I knew uh, it was uh, like karma. It was going to come back to bite you on the butt after the kick six, and it just hasn't happened. And I was like, does it feel like – I mean, is that what it feels like to be on the other side of kick six? Like, is do you know what I mean? Like, as a comparison? Yeah, uh, yeah I think so. Uh, but it's already come back to bite us because, let's be honest, 2021, the thing that hurts so most, much about this one is it's a repeat of 2021. I mean, it was – yeah. It was yeah. ten to three. They could not move the ball. They hadn't moved it all game. They go down. They throw a, a fade in the end zone with almost no time left and score yep. and tie the game. And it's like, I, 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 at some point, we've paid our dues for twenty thirteen, right? Um, well, that, that that would be my argument. I'm like, if you're kind of, I know it's not the same, but like the football gods balancing and you know things out. But I'm like, really, like I feel like if anything, we deserve that because. The, Literally two years ago under Harson, we almost did it. If Tank and stays in bounds, four overtimes. If Tank stays in bounds, if they if they don't catch that crazy play, yeah. This year, if we don't muff a punt, if they don't hit a ridiculous pass in the end zone, like there's so many things. You replay those games into those games ten times. Yeah. Nine of those times, Auburn wins. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And, and it's just like. Yeah, I think I think the kick six. I think the they can't call us lucky anymore because I mean they are they've definitely had their share of luck the past two years in Auburn and I think as Auburn fans you're like when does that end you know like we it's been a while man I mean if we're being honest mm-hmm. it's really 2019 was a good year but 2017 was the the last year that really mattered and um, yeah so I think that's why it hurts so much because you're like oh man okay we've been here before um, yeah I. I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I, I heard somebody say, they were like, "Man, when is Auburn going to have their next, you know, thing? The, their next break? You know, what is the next kick six per se?" And I was really hoping this this was going to be the one. You know, a six and five Auburn team comes in, beats Alabama, who has ten wins, and they do it, you know, pretty well, like pretty dominating. Like we almost did that. <laughs> If it wasn't for the muff punt, I legitimately think Auburn runs a few more plays. Maybe we punt the ball away, but then Alabama has to drive seventy yards down the field to even get no timeout. Yeah, a touchdown and no I, timeouts. Yeah. I, here, here's one more cope I will give you if you're listening because we need as many as we can get. Um, <laughs> this is free therapy. So if Hugh Freeze is the guy Auburn hired him to be. We'll never forget about this game, but it won't hurt as bad five years from now. We'll be winning the home games. You might still want in Tuscaloosa. The goal is get good enough players. You win the home games in this rivalry. Yeah. And we're on to bigger and better things. So if you need something to hang your hat on, if Hugh, and you may not think he is, and I don't know, if Hugh's the guy that we hired him to be, 
five years from now, this will still be video. It will still be showed. It will still hurt because it's the Iron Bowl, mm-hmm. but it won't hurt as much because we'll be on to bigger and better things. Um, right. And if he's not the guy, then it doesn't really matter anyways, right? I mean, you, <laughs> we're going to be worried about other things then too. So give it time. I think this will pass. Um, yeah. It, we're either going to be on to much bigger and better things or we're going to be revisiting this situation in, in three years with a new coach. So Right. Well, and, and that kind of gets me thinking about, you know, we, we finished the regular season. We're 6-6 six and six now. And I was just doing a little reflecting on the games that we uh, – for, for all the games we were favored in, we won minus New Mexico State. The one that we were not expected to win, Arkansas, we just absolutely torched them. But that was, you know, kind of looming all the craziness going on in Arkansas. And we just, you know, <laughs> we said that was our game. Um, if you kind of look at it that way, you know, we, we won the games we were supposed to. We lost the games we were supposed to. Yeah. Are, are, were we in some games, like the Georgia-Alabama games, that nobody gave us a shot? Yeah. Like, that. that's a good spot to be at. And the consistency, if I'm being honest, I feel like Hugh Freeze can get more consistency once we get the better recruits in here because those recruits are going to be the winners. Those those guys know how to win, you know? So that's uh, that's where I'm kind of like trying to sit in this, like, hey, it's 6-6. Six and six. <laughs> Somebody even pointed out, like, Harson was 6-6. Six and six. I was like, yeah, but, like, did his offense do anything? No. Did yeah, that was a whole – Hugh yeah, Freeze's whole... offense do stuff towards the end of the year? 100%. I love yeah. that. Yeah, so real quick, if you're worried about – because there's a lot of places to worry. If you're like, is Hugh Freeze the guy? Um, and I'm no – like, I can't sit there and analyze every play, but we ran slant routes on key drives in this game and completed them. We ran plays where we got receivers wide open against one of the best defenses in the country, and some of them yeah. were dropped. We saw something, ran a t- caught a timeout, come out of it. Javarius Johnson is so wide open on a wheel route, like that's co- <laughs> that's coaching, right? And we we scored, we connected on it. And and give Thorne credit. That same play, he way overthrew it at Texas A and M earlier in the year. So like, there's been development. Yeah. He only completed five passes. There were some drops in the game. The first drive was not well designed. There's a lot of nuance there. I think at the end of the day. The give these guys and listen, I love everybody on this team. Okay, um, I think everybody was playing to the level they can. Give these guys a higher level player. I think it. I think it's going to be pretty exciting, at least offensively. Yeah. Oh, I think so too. I mean, so kind of another aspect of this whole weekend, and even Hughes talked about it. There were eighty plus recruits that came to the Iron Bowl, and eight of those were five stars. Like. This was a huge weekend for recruiting. And you know, there were reports like Hugh Freeze, every minute he wasn't with the team, he was with recruits. He was talking, chatting it up, getting them excited about Auburn. And that's what you want. I mean, for for if you're a recruit, I mean, there were even some that posted some videos of you know their experience. And you could tell they were just in awe. Like, it was a genuine awe of how amazing it was there. And so, like, I think, and, and even one of the first dominoes started to fall. We got uh, a four-star uh, defensive lineman recruit, and that brings up our 2025 recruiting class to number five in the nation. So, like, again, 
trust the process of like, this is a long-term thing with recruiting. And so, Hey, if we're getting them now, I mean, who knows when we actually have a successful season where we're winning nine, 10, maybe even 11 wins in a season in the next few years, we're going to be get getting a lot of attention from recruits because they're going to see the, the success at Auburn and want to play at Auburn. So that that's kind of where I'm like, I see the, more of a future in a six and six season with Hugh Freeze than I did a six and six season with Harson. Oh, oh, without a doubt, Harson's whole issue was recruiting. I mean, if Harson Harson would still be our coach if he and I don't know where we're going to end up, right? But if if he had even the momentum around recruiting that Hugh Freeze does, because mm-hmm. um, people get fans get tied up and oh, I don't like this coach, yada yada yada. Administration probably doesn't they're like is this guy winning ball games is he running a clean program okay it, is there hope <laughs> like there there was no it was not going well and so that's why it got pulled if he was recruiting well i mean look at billy napier at florida they've had two bad seasons but they're ranked like number four in recruiting yeah so he's gonna get another year because of that he may only get one mm-hmm. more year but he's getting another year you gotta have something to point to and Hugh right now, and we'll see how it ends in a couple of weeks here, but Hugh right now can say, look at our recruiting. I currently have more five stars on this class than you've had like in the last four years combined, <laughs> which is sad wow. to say, but it's true. Wow, you just hit me with a truth bomb and it hurt. I mean, the last five star we had was, who was our linebacker last year that just went pro? Uh, Papo. Yeah, he was our last five star. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. So, yeah. Um, one more kind of big topic that I don't want to talk about. You know, now that the regular season's over in just a few days, bowl selection Sunday is happening. Uh, I, I want to throw some some possibilities that I've kind of seen. So, the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, ReliaQuest in Orlando, the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte, Texas, obviously out in Houston. Uh, the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville and the Music City Bowl in Nashville. What's kind of your your gut? What would be kind of an ideal situation for Auburn as far as just location? I'm not I'm not even talking about matchups, but location wise, I mean, I'm I'm just happy to not be going to the Birmingham Bowl if I'm being honest. <laughs> so <laughs> any of these I'd be happy with, but any of them that kind of stands out to you that you think would be a good fit. I'm not a great fan in this regard. I don't spend the money and go to bowl games, so I'll be honest with you. Probably not a good person to ask here because at the end of the day, to <laughs> me, at the end of the day, to me, I'm only watching on TV, and so you know, I just like to see them play another game. I would like to see yeah. a quality opponent. Not I saw one example was Oklahoma State. Maybe we haven't played them in a long time, if ever, that I recall. So somebody new, a different opponent. I don't want to get stuck playing like a Wisconsin or something that we do all the time. So, yeah, um, you know, give me a, a newer opponent. But I would say for the team and the fans, I don't even remember the exact locations you mentioned. But, yeah, somewhere in Florida would be nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Nashville is an option. Nashville's a cool yeah, town. Yeah, that was one. Nashville's a cool I, town. So I was kind of leaning towards like Nashville or maybe the Charlotte. Like, I feel like Charlotte's both of those a, would be fun. Charlotte's a nice town. I mean, Charlotte, you know, a very nice town. It doesn't have yeah. the same appeal as Nashville, but it is definitely a, a nice area. So that wouldn't be a bad one either. 
Um, and and you got the weird thing of the Duke Mayo Bowl, Bowl in Charlotte, so they're gonna like dump Mayo on a coach or something, and it's just gonna be ridiculous. Like, I I kind of like that. that I, I love a little gimmickry. I, when it comes to bowls, I put mayonnaise on my food, but the fact of being dumped in it makes it <laughs> just a little queasy. Um, also yeah. mentioning Duke, there is a Duke stud quarterback whose coach just left and his yeah. and his girlfriend goes to Auburn. So bring, ah. just bringing up the Duke Ooh. connection here. Nothing's been Got put it. out there yet, but he's pretty good. He beat Clemson. He's from I'd Fair, take him. He's from Fairhope, Alabama. His girlfriend goes to Auburn and his coach just went to A and M. So um anyways, I just made a weird I, connection between Duke Mayo <laughs> and a possible transfer that. quarterback. I love that. I don't mind it. It's a good transition, you know? Um, yeah. Um, a couple other just kind of final thoughts before we get out of here. So I know a lot of people were talking about, why didn't we put more pressure on Milrow? Well, look at how Jalen Milrow, what he did. He had 107 yards carrying the ball. Like, if you put pressure on him and he got out of it, he was going places. He was making you pay for it. And, and it seemed like Auburn's defense in general was kind of trying to just play contain, keep him in the, you know, keep him in an area. Like don't over pursue. And I kind of get where they're coming from. Uh, but at the same time, you kind of like, now you're like, ah, oh, man, if only you like brought a couple extra blitzes, sacked them up one or two more times, like what would the difference be? You know? So, so. Let, let's address the last play of the game. Um, mm-hmm. I'll get my thoughts and then. Yeah. You- I don't, I don't necessarily hate the call as much as most people, and here's why: if you came to me and said, Jared, from this location, the best chance they have to score is they send a guy streaking full speed and they hit him in a timing route in the end zone for a touchdown. I would say you're probably yeah. right, and there's more likely chance that happens if you don't have more DBs on the field. So. The less likely thing to happen is that they just throw up a Hail Mary and they catch it when there's a ton of DBs. If you bring four yep. or you blitz, you are have fewer DBs and you are right. more exposed of a streaking receiver just outpacing your DB. Um, mm-hmm. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty. Of course. I would not have had the guy spying. They had a guy spying. I think that's pointless. I would say put a whole nother, just blitz two, just bring two and put another DB in the back. I do think right. the spy guy was a little crazy, but I don't think that most, I think most coaches would have gone with a similar game plan. You load, that play was impossible. Right. I mean, it was impossible. You look at it's fourth and 31, 32, whatever it was, and they have to score a touchdown. It's literally do or die. I mean, even if you put the ball at like the ten yard line and said score, the the odds are not in your favor. It's just not. No. And and for it to be that far back, I mean, it's like that that maybe that's why I'm still kind of hung up on this and it hurts because you're just like the odds were not in their favor at all, and yet that happened. It was a ninety nine point nine nine percent chance that we win that ball game. Yeah. Per, per ESPN and. You load you load a ten yard space box with a bunch of DBs, and nine out of ten times it gets knocked down. Right. I, I listen. I don't mind if you think we should have blitzed. I don't mind if you think we should have brought four. But I don't think our coaches were crazy 
for what they did. I don't personally. No, I don't think so either. I think their their rationale for it was warranted. I know some people are going to say that was a terrible call, but if you gave even Saban, he'd probably do the exact same thing. Let me ask you. Th- and, let me ask it this way, and then I'll be quiet. If we blitz and we have a one on one DB that gets burnt and they score, is everybody saying you shouldn't have blitzed? Oh, hundred percent. See, that's the problem. Exactly. Your point is that, and honestly, you blitz them and they hit a one on one receiver. That's probably a more likely scenario than what actually happened. It was just Jalen Milrow and their wide receiver made a play. <laughs> that's what happened. It was it's a little just, bit of a backyard football. Yeah, you know, kind of just run around the end zone. It's just so unlikely, and right, you know, it just happened. I mean, and here's another thing: good teams find ways to win, and bad teams find mm-hmm. ways to lose. And right now, we are not a great team. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I did want to call out my man Oscar Chapman. He had quite a day punting. He got uh, one down to the one yard line. Um, I don't know if they saw, showed this on TV, but they did in the stadium. Uh, when he he got it down to the one, he uh, brought out his uh, golf clubs and uh, did a little swing celebration. Not his physical golf clubs, but like you know the golf clubs yeah. swing celebration. He's a lefty too. Was he a lefty I, with I his leg? Yeah, I didn't, he he um, did a lefty. Well, either he, I mean, his golf swing he, was lefty. I'm like, is he a left footed yeah. kicker? <laughs> that was great. Yeah. And uh, he was averaging. He almost averaged 48 yards per punt. So incredible. Love it for him. I mean, he is genuinely one of the best and most consistent punters. Like, Alabama's punter was struggling to even get it, like, 20 yards down the field. And I was like, I don't even – I don't think I've worried once that Oscar Chapman's going to punt it anything shorter than, like, 30 yards. Like, he just kicks it, like, 40 to 45 yards easy. And sometimes he'll get the crazy 50, 55, 60-yard punts. But, like, he is so good. So – I hope some NFL team picks him up because that man. Um, I have a big punting crush over him because of just how good he's a punter. <laughs> um, all right. Any other final thoughts before you get out here, Jared? Um, I'll just circle back around because, again, people don't care what I have to say. But at the end of the day, if this marriage works with you, Freeze, this thing game will be a thing of the past. Um, yeah. g- give it time. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does, we'll be fine. Five years from now, we'll be winning these games um, right. a lot more often, and we'll all be happy. Yeah, that's a good perspective on this. Like, I, I want to kind of take it in stride. You know, hey, maybe this in a couple years from now, we're parting ways with Hugh Freeze, and you know, we don't think anything more of this. But then on the flip side of this, Hugh Freeze has turned this thing around two years from now, and we're competing for an SEC championship. We forgot about the Mexico State game. We forgot about this Iron Bowl, and we're beating Alabama. Like, that's the potential that I think this team has because look at us. We're already competing against Georgia and Bama, which are our two biggest rivals, and there's not many teams in the country that can play either one of those teams. And regardless, this, you know, in, a, in one year, play well against Alabama and Georgia. And guess what? Auburn did it. Um, honestly, you know, not the greatest other games, but you know, that's top talent. That's top SEC talent that you have to compete against. And uh, Auburn went toe to toe against both of them. So, Jared, before you get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. 
and you can find me on X at A-J-Y-J-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.